0: Alright. How are you getting on? I'm in a, I'm in a foul mood. I'm in a bad mood, okay? Who's bad? Me. Whose mood is bad? Me. Um, I'm not in a good mood. I'm not in a good mood. I haven't drank any water today. I had McDonald's for lunch. Like what what else do you need from me, right? I'm in a bad mood. I even I ordered McDonald's and just eat for lunch today, right? I heard McDonald's on Just Eat for lunch after after previously in the day almost ordering McDonald's on just eat and then putting my phone away and saying no and eating an apple. And guess what? The apple was shy. Or whatever it whatever it was. It didn't it didn't emotionally gratify me the way a cold chip would. The way a cold chip, the I got lost on the way, would. <laughs> Right, the way uh, a, a two-bready burger bun would that, like a Coke Zero, when the ice is all melted and it's all dribbly and watery, I assumed would, right? I and mean, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> like, everything's fine, I should be in such a good mood. I have such an exciting week ahead of me in terms of the work that I do. I was writing, uh, I was interviewed, um was interviewed for a thing and it's going to like a, be a, a profile and I was, I was just reading back on the things I said in that and it's me being all happy, <laughs> I, was re- I read the proof of it to see if it was alright and it's me saying, I've got the dream job, my life is perfect, my life is great and I can't dispute any of that but just for whatever reason today, I feel like a sack and I don't want to swear on this podcast of poopies. I, I I smell like a sack of poopies. I feel like a sack of poopies, and I don't I don't respect myself, and I don't want anyone talking to me. <laughs> and I don't want to write back to any email, and I don't want to write back to any call. And if I had it my way, to be honest, getting to this getting to this chair to sit down was a bit of a schlock, right? I was thinking, Joe, you know I was thinking today, how can I move my PlayStation up to my bed? <sighs> you know, didn't have a you know. Didn't have a big one, not hungover You know, did not have, I had about four cans Four cans um, I had about four cans And now I'm four cans sad Four cans sad. Um Two days later I had four cans for, uh, dressed up as um, Dressed up as Venom <laughs> For Halloween And um, And like it's weird Like I just, uh, I saw a costume online I, th- I thought it looked really good, right? It was. It looked as if Venom, the symbiote Venom, Eddie Brock's symbiote, uh, Eddie Brock's the host symbiote, um, was was kind of growing out of my shoulder. I would very strategically cut a hole in a jacket that's old, stuffed a fake arm. These are fake hands, um, and. <laughs> uh, I, had, I was trying to Jason Byrne I was Kevin McGarren We're like do the line from, from Father Ted And he did it wrong He did it wrong There's a little name drop Where's my ukulele Hang on Jesus Eve Listen to that That's my fucking mood <laughs> That's my mood in the ukulele That out of tune Anyway we're going to have a good time but what was it saying? What was it saying? Yeah, I dressed up as a uh, uh, Venom. Venom, it's me, Eminem, and I'm singing Venom. <laughs> See, people don't people didn't realize before Eminem's um, theme song for Venom, you know. And he he's putting up this up there with the levels of hero with Chad Groger and Groger. So I was look I was actually looking at Grogu. I have a little um, baby Yoda bobblehead on my on my yeah. Uh, on my desk. No, Chad Kroger and what's his name? The other fella. The, fella. the fella that we all forget. Right? We all think it's, you know, Nickelback sings Hero. No. It's 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 Chad Kroger featuring in some other band. What are they? Silver Skin? Is that what they were called? Hang on. About Hero, Chad Kroger and a song by Nickelback. I don't know if it is. I don't, I don't believe it is. Featuring Josie Scott. Just Chad Kroger though. Featuring Josie Scott. Um, and where would we be without his additional watching us, they're watching, they're watching us. We'd be nowhere without Josie Scott's uh, involvement. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm just saying that that uh, M song "Venom" is, is you know, I don't think people respect the the role. Well, I don't know what my fucking opinion is. <laughs> I just want to talk about Eminem's Venom. No one knew that you could just say the name of the character over and over again, right? I mean, obviously that's the that's the you know you sit, you get given the the role of writing the, the the accompanying pop song with a blockbuster movie grossed over a billion dollars. I don't know how. Um, and so you start with a fresh bit of paper and you're like, okay, Venom, Venom. Uh, and you're hoping that other words will just pop up, but if you know, in this case, no other. Venom, 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 Let's find the lyrics actually for Venom. What, what else are we gonna talk about? I need to make myself laugh here because I'm in a bad mood. Uh, venom lyrics. Um, Eminem. Sorry, this podcast is not sponsored. This is one of them that isn't sponsored by the Dubliner. Um, oh, there's actually loads of lyrics. Venom. I got that adrenaline momentum. <laughs> Oh, young, he only says Venom twice Oh, but he says And I'm not knowing when I'm Ever gonna sh- slow up And I'm ready to get momentum Momentum Thinking it's time to go get him Why does it keep sound like he's saying Venom? Whatever Do you even know what I'm talking about? Swear in the face, this way better prepare to get laced because they're Gonna taste my mm-hmm. venom. I got that mm-hmm. Venom. Mm-hmm. Venom. So, look, I didn't dress up as uh, Hans Gruber. I didn't uh, dress my wife up as Nakatomi Plaza. I didn't dress my son up as John McClane. I didn't dress up as the Mandalorian. Um, I was actually, I was about to do the Mandalorian, and then I was like, I saw this like. tutorial on YouTube, and I was like, cardboard, and I'm like, yeah, I can do cardboard, great what I do, like, put a box on my head, it's like, yeah, print out these stencils, and then draw them on, and there's, like, just 20 different stencils, like, boom, you know, you hit the eject button on your brain, you're reading something that's too complicated, you're like, boom, like an Aston Martin, you hit the little gear stick, and you're like, you're gone, um, it was too complicated, you know, so, that often happens to me, I'm like, I'm listening, like, wow, this is everything I've ever wanted, this is a bit too complicated, Boom, I'm out of here, I'm gone, you've told lost me. I remember like watching Art Attack and he'd be like, alright now cut your ghost out with a card with scissors you're know, like, great, and then get your Pritt stick, like great I have that, and take out your marker, great now take out your crepe paper and PVA glue and you're like, boom, Neil Buchanan you've lost me mate, you've lost me, why do you never just tell me all the instructions before I start you you start whipping it. now take out your poster paints equal power poster paint and equal power PVA glue or some shit and you're like, "What?" What boy. And I remember we pleaded with my ma'am. said, please, ma'am. Please get me PVA glue, bro. PVA glue is everything to me. Ma'am, I swear if you just got me an Andy PVA glue, everything will be perfect. Everything will be fine. We'll be making our own clothes. We'll make everything. We'll make you a car. We'll make you a new Nissan Micro Cardboard. Just please, just get us PVA glue. And she got us PVA glue. And it's just this constant fucking reminder of the thing you're not doing. Just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my good friend Kathy Burke, um, I hope she won't mind me telling you this, but she um, she I, I've always wanted to play the saxophone and she started playing the saxophone um, or she tried practicing the saxophone um, and she's a very musically talented person anyway. Um, but then I saw her on Twitter she said'm I'm, I'm, I'm selling me saxophone. the dream is over and I was like, oh, say it ain't so. And she was like, you know I just you know for the sake for the sake of happiness, she didn't want just the saxophone sitting there being just a reminder of something you're supposed to be doing, may not get around to doing, likely won't get around to doing. You know what I mean? It's like when I was in, <laughs> I was in therapy and my therapist said, and I'll come back to my Venom costume now in a second, but um, he said, uh, I was saying something about, I don't know, I was like, ah, like I, I, I think I said, I feel like in the future, at some point, I feel like my physical peak is ahead of me right? I feel like I'm going to be in the best shape of my life eventually, and I take some comfort in knowing that, and it allows me to kind of gorge on McDonald's and lunchtime, time. like, not yet, just, just not yet, it's just not right now, it's just tomorrow, you know? Um, tomorrow, the, literally the best shape of my life. Um, and he said to me, why do you want a six-pack? <laughs> and I was like, "Who?" Huh? Uh? And I was like, well, I want... Why do I want a six-pack? Uh, I want... Um... And I was like I don't really know I think I just want I think I I think I think if I ha- I think I said I think If I I think If I had it I would be happier <laughs> And he's like well, Do you know you'd be happier And I was like no And he's like Now you're wearing a jumper there Like would I know That you had a six pack under there And I'm like no And do you think I'd treat you any differently If you had a six pack No and I was like I don't want. know why I want a six pack Because I want to look like Jason Momoa Why Because I want, because I want, because I desire, because I have things. (laughs) I just want to get the thing that makes everything perfect forever. Is that too much to ask? And Whatever, it might be a six pack. Uh, It might be spending fucking 60 euro in screw fix on 50 meters of coax cable and a caulking gun. I did that. Because I decided I'm going to, if I can just get that, if I can just make sure that I can have my virgin media box on the other side of my house and I'll drill through. I'll go, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I tried to do a bit of home improvement, right? And I'll come back to my Venom costume in a second. So I'm doing, I'm doing a bit of home improvement, right? I'm doing a bit of home improvement. I've decided after seeing my friend Aidan drill a hole in my wall to help me hang up my TV, right? Uh, I've decided I, know, now, I now know how to do DIY having no experience whatsoever. Having no experience whatsoever, i decided I don't know how to do DIY. So I went to Screwfix and I bought fifty meters of coaxial cable. <laughs> right? This is the cable that you have on your uh your setup box or your virgin box or whatever your internet box. Right. Because at the moment the virgin box is out or was plugged in, you know, it has to plug to the outside of the house. But that outside of the house is about 20 metres now away from my office. It used to be right beside where that plug was. Does that make sense? And now I need to extend where Virgin is. And I'm not calling them out. Right? I am not. I refuse to call them out. What? So they can just throw, what, a hundred, just what, off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, that'll be 300 euro, please. That'll be 3,000 euro. Oh, you want me to move the box 20 metres? Yeah, that'll be 3,000 euro. I was like, no, I'm going to spend 50 euro in screw fix, getting 50 metres of coax cable, um, a... 16 centimeter long drill bit that's 10 millimeters thick big fucking massive yoke and uh, I bought a caulking gun as well for this kind of um I have this kind of adhesive that I'm sticking up foam with right so it was in Screwfix anyway so I bought the stuff and um so at the moment with the way it is I do have the internet in my office but I have a 25 meter half the length cable going all the way through the house not on the floor because the cable won't fit along underneath the door frames and it's not exactly on the ceiling because it's not long enough to go up on the ceiling you know when you see a good cable it's kind of like tacked in to like the skirting boards it goes around the door you can barely see it at the moment this is literally it's almost like it's a washing line <laughs> through the house in me- like a medium height right it's constantly in the way the doors are open all the time right and something has to be done so about a 50 meter because that should fit all along the skirting boards around the door frames and blah 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 but it will have to go through a couple of walls all right so i bought this drill bit exactly the the dimensions of this coax cable and but the thing is I, you know and as terry likes to remind me i don't exactly have a drill right i don't have a drill but what i do have is a very cheap and small ikea electric uh kind of just you know a screwdriver thing that's there to kind of put furniture together so i was trying to i was trying to drill well terry terry first said look i don't want you drilling through any walls you don't know what's in there You don't know anything about this. You've never drilled a hole. I don't want you drilling your first ever hole through our walls. right? And I'm like, look, I've seen it on YouTube. I know exactly what I'm doing. And then she picked up my tiny drill with a drill bit that's three times the length of it. And then turned it on. And the (laughs) the drill bit didn't exactly spin. It kind of like swung around like someone doing fucking wheelbarrows in a mosh pit. Like the thing was swinging around like vigorously. Like it was making a long... Like, it's almost like it was drawing a big circle, right? It wasn't exactly spinning straight. And I was like, no, it'll be fine once I kind of hold it. Once I kind of hold a bit of the drill bit. And she's like, I really don't want you to do this. And I'm like, trust me, right? So I found a spot where I wanted to drill the hole uh, above the door frame, kind of where you wouldn't kind of see it. But, you know, to cater for my wife's needs, not to destroy the place, I found a spot that you wouldn't really see it. Um, You know, uh, got my drill Got my drill bit that's three times the size. And then kind of gave a little courtesy, like, you know, you, knock, you give a little knock. Seeing, and in there, sorry, is there any wires in there? Legally, you ha- legally, you have to tell me if there's any wires in there. No one t- so spoke back, so I was, like, writing them in the clear. So I got my big swirly fucking uh, wheelbarrow uh, arm swinging drill. And I held it firm, so it was kind of not making too big of an arc. And I pushed in hard. So I start pushing this thing. <laughs> and it's really struggling this little four watt drill is really fucking chugging for its life to try and make this hole and uh, and i realized look this might not be you know i might not you know this might not be a high power drill that like, gets the hole in like a second i might just be like half an hour burrowing essentially like a like a sandworm like shai Hulud, just getting through this thing um this is a sandworm from dune and it might just take me a while but eventually i'll get there so i'm in there about an inch and i'm like pushing in like and then i just hear a little dink and the light above me turned off and the light, like, just switched off for some reason. Maybe like just a little, from some fluky reason. So I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting." So I, I took out the drill and I just kind of sat there, fairly fucking shook. I'm not gonna lie, fairly shook. Um, and then Terry, it was a perf- uh, perfect moment. Terry came out and saw me um, sitting in the hall on a chair that doesn't belong there, uh, just staring to drill with a load of like white powder from the from the the inch hole that I'd made. Um, and she's like, "What happened?" And I'm like, "Nothing. Just nothing. Just kind of thinking about what I'm going to do next. Actually, do you know, I might actually, I'm actually, I might, I'm not actually really arse doing this now. Do you know? I might actually just get something to do. I'm a bit lazy." And she's like, "What happened?" <laughs> and I was like, "I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I think you'll leave me if I tell you." And she goes, "What happened?" <laughs> and I said, "Look, this. Um, you know that light we don't use. Um, we because there's two out, out there. Um, well, it turned off. It Turned off. So I don't. I, you know." I drilled a hole into the light. So, look, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to mess with that anymore. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have the right tools. I didn't have the right skill. And like, I can't believe, like, I've been on this podcast and told you stories, about the last time I tried to drill, and then I had to cover up the wall in blue tack and paint over it with with fa- uh, face paint. Right? I don't, I don't know what it is, what it is about some things that I know I can't do that I'm so persistent in. Like, why can't it be like, you know, a running streak <laughs> that I'm persistent in? Why can't it be like, I don't know, you know, like moisturising every day that I'm just, I have to. Why is it I have to drill the hole? Why is it I have to do it now? Why is it, you, know? you know? I don't know what it is. I think I'm going to, go into, I'm going to barge into my therapist's office. <laughs> I want to see him and say, hey, you're supposed to be keeping me away from this shit. Why the fuck am I drilling holes in my wall, thinking it's gonna solve all my problems, and I'm getting McDonald's and I'm feeling sad? You fucking sick of figure... bro? Look, look. I know we're we're getting we're figuring this out together, right? But you need to fucking put a pair of uh, mental reins on me soon before I do damage to my home and family. <laughs> you know. Um. But anyway, I made this venom. <laughs> venom. But I made this venom costume, and uh, I was very proud of it. Uh, it was um and i was very impressed that i made it right let me explain what what it looked like it was i cut a hole in the arm of my jacket right um like at the at the arm like the shoulder right um and i stuffed the, the so it had so so it was basically an arm that stuck out above the other armhole where the actual you know arm comes out you know what i mean does that make sense like it was coming off the top of the shoulder and then i stuffed the arm that was basically now kind of under my armpit full of like a, a scarf so it looked like there was a, a hand there it was you know padded out and I had my arm that was now sticking out with a, a venom kind of puppet that I made a black bin bag and a kind of bl- bin bag neck so it kind of looked like a liquid symbiote um was kind of jumping around to white people venom um and as I was making this thing uh, this puppet I was just I was like I'm, I'm fucking I'm fucking good at this I'm fucking good at this now for an hour before the party comes, you know, why wasn't this something, why wasn't I uh, taught puppet making in school, why wasn't I put in a puppet making competition uh, against Dermot Connolly in school, rather than the piano competition that we were in, that I obviously lost, right, why, was, why wasn't he forced to come into my domain in art school, where we made puppets, and I would make we'd make them perform, we'd have to do voices, not to say he can't do them, maybe he can you know, but I think I can assume, without without ruffling too many feathers, that I'd beat Der Connolly in a puppet-making and performance. this keeper keep our uh, competition, right? And it's just, this fucking thing's so rigged. <laughs> Life is so rigged. It's in favour of sport and, you know, business uh, knowledge and physics and science. Why isn't it do puppets? Because then I'd win. Anyway... Um, but it, it was such a weird thing. I was so proud of the costume, but so embarrassed to be Venom. And I have nothing against if you like Venom, and you really love Venom, and you've always just loved. Like I love, I love Spider Man. I love the symbiote thing. I love to fantasize about the idea about what would it be like if there was like a symbiote Doctor Octopus or a symbiote Magneto, and what that would look like. I love the fact that there's different types of symbiotes. I thought Carnage was one of the coolest things I've ever heard of in my life. You tell me it's because a serial killer who's also Venom. Unlike just a photojournalist. You can only imagine what that would do to someone. I love the symbiote black Spider-Man costume. You know, I love all that shit. I love it all. Um, But I do not respect or uh, accept the Sony Pictures Spider-Verse. I just flat out refuse. I refuse. Like, yes, Spider-Man's villains, a.k.a. his rogues gallery. That's a cool comic book word that people say instead of uh, villains. To show that you read comic books, you say Rogues Gallery. I mean he arguably has the third best Rogues Gallery in in comic book history. Number one, of course, being Batman. Batman has the best villains of all time. Uh, X Men uh, and Spider Man would be a close third. Not go. You're not going near Batman's. Batman's are just. Batman's are just like the perfect, like whatever story you need. There's a villain for it. You know they're thematic. You know there's. They got brains. They got bronze you know they 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 speak in riddles even you could even bring in you could even bring in you know a, a villain that was uh called i don't know jack of all trades and have some card related story called you know 52 pickup and it would be the most amazing batman graphic novel you could do whatever you want with batman cuz he's just so intellectual and he's just got this perfect inner monologue and it's just you can do whatever you want, Batman. And weirdly, I would say, of all the things... You want to think... They think there's a Sony Spider-Verse? There should be a DC Bat-Verse. Fuck your DC. Just do a Bat-Verse, right? And yeah, of course, I'm excited about the new Batman film. It looks great. It looks cool. And it's got, you know... Orpat's doing his thing. Refusing to bulk up, which I think is good. It's a bold move. Um, He's like, no, this is me. And I, can, I think it applies to the character... Because he's just starting out as well. You know, I don't expect me to get all jacked up and jacked off. It's not going to happen. Paul Dano... I mean, it's it's kind of, it's it's just perfect on paper. I hope I hope there's more to it than just, you know what I mean? Like, I hope it's not a four and a half, I hope it's a full-blown full, full blown five. Because at the moment, it kind of looks like the Batman fan film that we all want, you know? Like, someone's like, oh, that's how you do Batman, let's really get the grit. But they're so preoccupied with the grit and the darkness of Batman that they've just alienated the majority of the whole Batman universe. They don't talk about Robin, they don't talk about Nightwing, or Batgirl, or Batwoman, or Red Hood, or any of that. You know, I haven't read much Batman. But you can you can kind of you could have a self sustaining universe. You can't do that with Sony. Jared Leto as Morbius the vampire, right? Spider Man has a vampire enemy, right? <laughs> His name's Morbius, and he's a guy preoccupied with living forever, right? But you know what? Actually, I will say, right? I'm not on the Jared Leto. I think I have given out about him in the past, and I'm gonna call it out here, right? I've been. I would say the majority of my. Uh, contempt for Jared Leto is entirely fueled by what left-wing people on Twitter tell me I should feel about Jared Leto, would be the most part. The way people joke about Jared Leto. Why well, tell you some fucking left-wing, <laughs> left-wing people, right? I was kind of led to believe, right, that uh, I'm not, a, I mean, I, I'm not in American politics, so I'm not a Democrat and I'm not a Republican and I don't know why these ideologies, I think in these terms of these ideologies, it's purely because of the kind of media that I, that I consume that i would oh well i suppose if i was in america i'd be a democrat and all that stuff and I, and I probably would be but you know you go on twitter or you go on anywhere and it's kind of like where there's a kind of a politicized side i i would i would have been led to believe that left-wing people are humanitarian that it's the the needs of the many that it's about inclusion uh, and it's you know empathy and all that and then you're led to believe when you're coming from a left Left-wing point of view that right-wing people are kind of more focused on their self self interest that they are a lot more conservative in their views they're a lot more religious and that uh, impacts their views on people and on ethnicities and on uh, on on uh, sexualities and stuff like that so I was kind of would kind of believe that left-wing people would be more humanitarian but left-wing people are fucking bullies bro laying into Zach Braff the way they have Jared Lowe. I like Jared Leto. I like Jared Leto. I loved him in Requiem for a Dream. I loved him in Fight Club. Um I liked him but I understand that his performance was problematic in da- Dallas Buyers Club. But of course I understand that's cuz they wanted someone who was trans to play that role, right? So I understand that. I mean, he took, he he took a big fucking swing with that Joker in a a a you know, hyper fucking colorful, poppy Popper and you can imagine Suicide Squad flick and everyone kind of and I slagged him for it, but I, d- I tell you what I didn't. I tell you what I didn't like, right? Which I couldn't get behind it was he had these tattoos that had ha 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 written on it, but they were tattooed to look like they were scrawled into his skin, right? Either scrawled them into his skin or make them look stick and poke, right? As if he went in to you know Lee Brown and said, "Hey Lee, tattoo to the stars." Lee Brown and said, "Hey Browner, right? Can you make it look like I've scrawled these in an ink these tattoo, you know?" Brown fucking lamp the head off him. Right? And lamp the head off him. <laughs> but so that's what I don't like. But I don't know why. And I need to call, you know, in the same way that I well, not nearly the same way, but in a similar way where I kind of have these old ideologies about gender and, uh, you know, that you have to kind of challenge on yourself and accept I can bring a full circle here, Accept that, you know, as much about that as you do drilling through a fucking wall, and <laughs> know that you probably have to get a professional in or at least someone who knows a little bit more to, to educate you about these sort of things. You know what I mean? Um, in the same way that you would kind of challenge these things that you think in your head from, a you know a right-wing perspective, a more conservative perspective. You might have had more conservative ideas growing up in Ireland and then these things happen and there's a new pronoun that you just found out about and at first you're like, what? And then you're like, oh, but if they prefer to be called that, then great, absolutely, you just need to tell me about these things. I think in a similar way, in a similar way, if there is a celebrity or there is an actor who all of a sudden, like Zach Braff, who people are just talking shit about and you don't fully understand why, it's pretty fucking cowardly. And it was pretty cowardly of me just to go along with that. I like Jared Leto. And I'm not afraid to say it. And it's uh, difficult now for me to even think because I consume so much media. What are my actual thoughts? <laughs> and what are some I got from my left-wing fucking uh, you know, social bubble? You know? I like Jared Leto, right? Having said that, I don't want to see him play. So he's playing Morbius <laughs> in this new film. Um, and yet, yeah, you know, why, why don't I like that? Maybe I do like that. Whatever, you know? Why does it have to be Spider-Man? That's the thing as well. Even I went to go see The Eternals, right? Um, I went to go to an Eternals premiere. And sorry for the format of this podcast, but I think this is the only way I would actually get a podcast out without me pulling a fucking sickie on my dream job, which I was inclined to do because I was in such a fowler and really couldn't, uh, you know, do anything today. Um, so uh, it, no, no eternal spoilers, but I don't know if you... I mean, I was even talking to um, Jago about this and he was like, no spoilers. And I was like, I'm just telling you if I thought it was good. And he's like, I don't want to know. So, I mean... There are people who are actually very good at, do, at speaking about stuff without giving away spoilers or without even saying about what's particularly bad and good. Mark Kermode is phenomenal at it. He's very good at speaking, um, not even vaguely, but giving an entire gist of a movie while telling you what he thought, while also accepting that it might be uh, you know exciting or enticing for other people, while giving zero of the plot away. But I'm not that good at that. Um and I had just had a Dune review. If you want to see my Dune review, you can go over to the Patreon. I was talking about Dune, and I talked about Jodorowsky's Dune, the the greatest film that was never made over on the Patreon uh, last Friday. But I went to go see The Eternals, and um, I'm not going to do a full movie bake on it, because I wasn't a fan. And I didn't think I was going to be a fan. I didn't ju- I, for There was something just very... Yeah, I, I, I don't understand... <laughs> I don't think you can just introduce 10 Captain Marvel-level superheroes with that level of power, 10 of them, say that they've been on Earth for 7,000 years, but they just couldn't get involved with Thanos. They just couldn't get involved in the fact that Thanos was going to wipe, and did successfully, wipe half of the living beings in the universe out. Yet their sole mission is just to protect humans from deviance. Who are these lizards? Who do not look better than the than the the enemies, the aliens in the Tomorrow War? Chris Pratt's the Tomorrow War. Really did like really, really didn't like the character design of them. And there's some dodgy looking CG in this. You know, there's some of the most amazing. Asana on IMAX, amazing morning, uh, or, sorry, um, what's it called? Golden hour, magic hour. What's it called? Where like you know the sun's just setting. And they shot a lot of it in that time, and that looks beautiful. There's Oscar-level performances, visually very stunning, stimulating movie. Um, some of the effects look really, really good. But the CG, I just you know. Anyway, the point I'm getting here is they bring in, bring in ten new massive superheroes who are not fighting anything that we know. They have their own villains, these deviants who look shy, and it's like, what? Well, but why do? Why would I? Okay, cool. You know well, why? Why you know? It's like Jordan. Jordan has this a <laughs> joke about how um how you kind of you know when you show your, your ma like a video on YouTube that's funny and the first question they say, Who's that? And you're like, well that's not that's not the point. Just look at it, you know? <laughs> like, no, but who is that? And you're like, it doesn't matter, like I know it's just no one. Like I just look at the video. You know what I mean? Um It kind of feels like I'm that man, and I'm like, who's that? You know? And but like and they're like, doesn't matter, just looking at no but like why are you showing me this? Like why are you showing me this? why are you showing me these people? You know why do I why do why do I need to know this person? Like they're not even fighting scrolls, you know? They're not even fighting chitori. They're they're fighting new things that are deviants. And they don't I don't like I don't like to look at these deviants, you know? But like so that so that was my main issue anyway. And then you actually watch it. And look, there's some phenomenal performance. Barry Keoghan's fucking unreal. And everyone has their accents, their own accents in it. You know, Richard Madden's got this very strong, very, very strong Scottish accent. Uh, Barry Keoghan has to rein it in a little bit. Keoghan has to rein it in a little bit, but got to keep his accent. You know, and there's some fantastic representation. There's, you know, a deaf actress in it. Um, there's, um, you know, one of the guys is gay and they see them kiss. And you see the lads kiss. So it's a Disney flick. And let me tell you... Let me tell you why, I think. And not to be cynical, I applaud the fact that it's in it. It's actually probably one of the best parts of the film because it's such an authentic family dynamic and, um, you know, they're both people of colour. The kid's a person of colour, you know, and but like it doesn't it's it's you know it's it just seems so authentic. Chloe Zhao works with non performers, non actors quite a lot. Barry Keoghan was saying at the Q&A and she has this formula just for getting this real authenticity out on screen and you can see it. It's one of the best parts of the flick and it's nothing superhero related. It's just a really nice kind of dynamic family dinner kind of situation. Um but the cynical part of me would ha- would make me believe that they kept this stuff in because you compare it to say the cowards like JJ Abrams who cut basically alluded to oh the rise of skywalker the last star wars movie has um the first you know fucking you know um queer kiss in in disney history you know and it's it's in the background you see two women kissing right and i you know i'd not say that it's the issue that it's two women kissing but i would say that that's also i think we see a lot of women kissing Right? I think we see a lot of women kissing in media. And I think it's more socially acceptable to see women kissing. Maybe it's just deemed as like silly to people who are morons. They just think, oh, it's women kissing. It's a bit of fun. They're having a bit of laugh. They're not, they're not actually gay. Okay, I couldn't tolerate that because I'm a homophobe. So it's just women kissing, you know. And there's something about men kissing that people really, you know, that complete homophobes won't tolerate seeing on the screen. And Chloe was like, fuck that. Not only is it kissing, they're hugging and they're cuddling and they're really tender And I haven't seen it in any flick, let alone a fucking Marvel flick, but I do, the cynical part of me here um, would be led to believe that because Chloe Zhao is banned in China, was always going to be, this film was always going to be banned in China. She's from China. She's spoken out about uh, the sort of the human rights violations in China. She's she's spoken out about the government. She's blacklisted. None of her films are going to come out in China. So it's a bold move for Marvel to even make a film with Chloe Zhao knowing that half of their box office is going to be lost because it's not going to come out to China. Um, but it also means that, I mean, they cut out all the Fru-Fru. Is that his name? Or might it just been a homophobe? in uh, Beauty and the Beast, Fru-Fru. Is that his name? Guys in love with Gaston. They cut all that shit out. They cut out even more the Jack Whitehall, uh, him being a bit camp in Jungle Cruise. Like, they, they let China cut out these, um, you know, these this queer representation. And they willingly do it. So, it's good that it's in it. But I am cynical to think it's only in there because China just shows you how much of an impact, how much they cater and how, and how, how more, more of it we probably would have seen had this not been an issue that they have to cater for um, not even necessarily the people of China but the government of China who will allow um, this kind of representation on sc- who will not allow this kind of representation on screen. But anyway, there are nice tender moments and there's a lot of representation on screen. And you know what? If there's a film that a deaf girl goes to see and thinks, oh my God, there's me, that's incredible and I'm fast as well like she is or, you know, you know, some gay kid or even a straight kid sees that and, and thinks, "Oh, my 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 both my dads." There's look, that's representation of both my dads on screen. That's what my family was like. I've never seen that on screen in a superhero film. My dad is a superhero. I always thought he was a superhero, and there he is kissing her dude, and I think that's awesome. You know, like if that if that if that hits home for people, you know, then I'm not so cynical enough to be like, "Don't fucking watch it" or whatever like that. If someone gets to see that in themselves, you know, um on screen, but it it uh. So it has it has that that's a good element, right? It's got representation that doesn't feel you know like like it was thought of in a like a market research kind of room. You know what I mean? Um, it, it does. Uh, it it's got authentic kind of tender moments. It's got some stunning on location visuals that doesn't necessarily feel very Marvel. But then it has these fucking ridiculously boring big punch uh, Zack Snyder action scenes. I mean, there's some really good action scenes, you know. Um, but it's just like what, but why? why, and you know, this is not a spoiler. But maybe you might be expecting it. Do you know if you're if you're tentative, it's not a spoiler. But I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal here whether what kind of connection it has to other Marvel movies, right? And it'll only be thirty seconds. So if you think that's a spoiler, you don't want to hear. Feel free. But I'll tell you this: it has no connection to any other Marvel movies. It's got no other connection to anything. They 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 talk about the Avengers kind of loosely, but like. Why is there not? Can you not in the same way that you had, um, you know, Endgame? You saw them going through time and seeing the various moments that they've already taken part in. There's no element of that. That could have been an easily kind of tie-in, you know. And there's also this kind of inner turmoil with uh, how much they should interfere. Like one of the characters invents a fucking seed drill or a, or a, or a plow. They invent a plow for humanity to use a plow to grow farm uh, so that they can grow the population um yet they won't intervene in natural disasters or thanos or anything like that it just feels like a big a big what if a big cinematic what if movie like what if there was 10 super powered superheroes who didn't chat to anyone we know <laughs> I'm like that doesn't sound great that doesn't sound great you know so um i wasn't a big I wasn't a big fan, thought it was a bit boring, thought it went on. But I will say this, Kumail Nanjiani, who I, you know, yes, I'm biased as well. I loved him beforehand. I loved his comedy. I always listened to his podcast. He was on RuPaul. My wife loves him anyway, but she loves the fact that when he was on RuPaul, he brought his wife, who isn't necessarily in the public eye. And he was like, no, I insist. If you you want me, then I I have to have my wife on this show as a guest as well. Um, And he is is Chris Pratt, Star-Lord level of breakout star in this flick. He is so funny Um, and there isn't a lot of funny moments. There's some funny moments, you know, which I don't know if this film gets the balance of those right. There's a lot of really heartbreaking stuff as well, but it's also kind of like, who are you, bro? You know, that's great. But I tell you, I was at the premiere and um, I'm not going to try and play my ukulele again. Um, But Barry Keoghan was there and he was um there was uh none of the seats were reserved right and there was a row that was reserved just in front of the row that i was in right and then just before the film started people started coming in and it was kelly harrington and a bunch of lads uh a bunch of people who were from the flats where where Barry Kilgan grew up and later on uh, after the um after at, at the q and a um there was a really nice moment between kelly harrington and Barry Kilgan where they were just kind of talking about how Proud they are Of where they come from And how an amazing Opportunity they've given And how grateful they are For the opportunity That people see them You know And they were both Like Kelly Harrington being like You've no idea how proud we are of you You know what you did And he's like No fucking hell You fucking won a medal And, and it was going on Like like just It was pretty much a conversation Between the two of them And it's like Fucking what For a small country Look at this This is unbelievable I was beaming with pride Staring at the two of them But Barry Gogan was all like See Kelly there yeah She used to fucking babysit me I'm older than her and I was like, "That's great," you know. But he's also a good man for that kind of um, secret style visualizations. You know, he sent a tweet in his bedroom in Clarence Street flats, um, like when he was like 13, saying, "Hey, Stanley, uh, make me a superhero," you know. And now he's in, um, and now he's in the only Marvel movie that Stanley <laughs> is not credited with writing. Uh, this is Jack Kirby's entire thing. Jack Kirby, who Stanley collaborated with a lot, but you know. Unlike every single other MCU movie um, and X Men and then X Men movies, um, uh, Stanley was n- zero involvement in the formation of the Eternals. They brought Jack Kirby in after he'd done a big run, like so. Yeah, the the golden era of of Marvel, um, really starting with the Fantastic Four and Jack Kirby's drawn all this. He's drawn early X Men. Steve Ditko, Spider Man, did but pretty much Stanley and Jack Kirby. Doing everything. And they even at- ensured that everyone followed the Jack Kirby style. Jack Kirby's so influential in the comics. Then he went off to DC for a while. And then he came back and they were like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I have this idea for a comic. And he did The Eternals. you know, And he wrote it and drew it and, and everything. But you know what, as well? I think this, um <laughs> because this has like Celestials, which are like giant fucking planet-sized. Um, these are the people who like in- invented the universe. It's also pretty bold, this flick, because it pretty much so comfortably does away with the entire origin of the species, essentially. It's almost like planets are are created by these celestials. Like, it completely does away with the idea of God and all that, which is just, from my generation of watching films, like, any film that kind of to- told another origin story of the universe would be met with a lot of, you know, hate. With You would just hear that. There's the, the lobby for... You know, the Christian lobby was just so loud <laughs> that you would always hear anything like Dogma, you know. They were like, they were threatening to fucking blow up uh, Miramax Studios, you know. And they sh- maybe should have for the, the different reason. Um, but, um, so yeah, it does a kind of, it does a fairly, figure out my point was there. Yeah, sorry. So but you have these giant celestials. Now, I don't know if Galactus is a celestial. Galactus is like the is the villain they tried to bring in in The Rise of the Silver Surfer, uh, the second Fantastic Four, or well, the third Fantastic Four film, but the second in that kind of series uh, of the two of them with like, with Chris Evans as the Human Torch and Jessica Alba as an Latino alien <laughs> with the fucking fake blue eyes and uh, and blonde hair looks at it and absolute looks like an, actu- an actual alien. Um, but sorry, my point was that um, there was talk, there was talk even when Thanos was going to be the main villain of the MCU of the, four phases um, would culminate with, with Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet and all that they were like oh the only thing they can do after that is Galactus you know Galactus the destroyer of the eater of planets he fucking eats planets he's a hungry guy hungry man hungry human being like myself Order McDonald's 11 o'clock in the day um, he orders planets at 11 o'clock in the day and um, and that was the big thing like how are they because Galactus is big and we need bigger you know and that was the whole thing but after seeing some of the size of these Celestials uh, in this, I'm like, oh, I'm not arsed. Like, I'm not arsed at all. And I don't know what they do, because even Civil War was a kind of an ace, of, you know, an ace they had up their sleeve, which ended up just helping Thanos kind of infiltrate in Infinity War had they been together. It was, you know, but that's a huge... I don't know what they do. I don't know how you have a crossover. Maybe they're not even going for crossovers anymore, you know? Um, But I think... This is my theory, right? I think that... um. So sorry, to finish off that thing, I was like, I'm not excited about the idea of Galactus and I don't know what they do. But I think what's going to happen is this movie has a load of things going against it, right? It is coming out during a pandemic. It's not coming out in China. It's it's one of the more poorly reviewed Marvel movies. It's also one of the more different and bigger swings of a Marvel movie. And maybe they'll still incorporate those elements. Maybe they'll understand that the criticisms are the CG, um, the scale of which it doesn't need to be that big. And maybe the. Like it's. I, I, I described it as being the most epically insignificant movie in the MCU. Um, but it. What I think is going to happen is it's not going to sell well. People aren't going to go see it. And I think what they're going to do is think. All right. We tried the the new DC model. Which has given people like Todd Phillips or James Gunn. To make whatever movie they want. You know. Um, we tried that with Chloe Zhao. Right. And now we just need to go back to something more familiar for us. We need to now give put less give directors less control, um, and and bring Iron Man back. That's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to try and bring Tony Stark back. I think they're going to try and bring Captain America back, Steve Rogers back. And to be honest, I'll go fucking see them and I'll make a billion. But I don't think it's what they should do. It's not what the story needs. I don't know what the story needs, but. It would be a very sad thing to see, to see Tony Stark come on, come on. It'd be like seeing fucking Ric Flair wrestle in his eighties. You know what I mean? Um, you know, not many. It's very difficult to kind of go out on top, and they did. I don't think Chris Evans would come back. I don't think he'd come back. I think with Robert Downey Jr. because Doolittle did so bad, and he really thought that was going to be a big flick. I think he'd want back in. I think he. I don't think he wants to be out anyway. He's kind of been made, he's kind of a little bit obsolete since, like the dust has kind of settled on him as Tony Stark and he's, you know, The Judge wasn't a very good film either he tried to make. So that's what I think is going to happen. This film's not going to sell well. I think they're going to scrap some future plans and they're going to bring Tony Stark back. But let me tell you this, when they get X-Men right, when they get X-Men right, I'll tell you how you make a Mandalorian level show, X-Men, right? X-Men meets fucking Dawson's Creek in Xavier's Institute for Gifted Youngsters. That's what you do. Give me the teens. Give me the X teens And don't give me the ones that I know. Give me the ones. Give me like a Jubilee-led uh, TV show. Give me like Kitty Pride. Give me like, you know, some of the less popular characters going to school and you have a really good actor like Mark Strong is the, the principal that you see every so often. Give me the West Wing-level show. That's a teen drama in the school, but you only see Mark Strong as Xavier a handful of times. That's what I think you should do. And then that's the same Xavier that you see in the X-Men, you know? Or I think they have every opportunity to do X-Men right. They have every opportunity to do Fantastic Four right. I mean, it's it's been said a lot of times that The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four film that's never been made, Um because it gets the family dynamic and the powers right and the comedy and the whole just idea of going off to crazy locations and going on an adventure. Like, they're not necessarily superheroes for hire. They're kind of scientists and adventurers, you know? Um, So we still have that to look forward to. But when... Last thing I'll say in this, and I know if you're... If you're maybe an MCU fan, you agree or you disagree, and hit me up. Let me know what you think. Um, And if you're just a casual listener who's heard about me because of the stellar awards, you're bored off your fucking trolley here. Um... But when the Avengers came out and everyone was like, oh, you're going to see Iron Man together with Captain America, like X-Men fans were laughing our asses off, thinking like Avengers are shy. Like anyone can be a superhero in X-Men. That's what's great about it. And everyone hates it you get this inner angst it's it's all about fucking the angst of being the angst of being different it's all about civil rights it's all about not being a fucking you know billionaire philanthropist or you represent an entire country with a shield it's about being a weird teen with a long fucking finger for some reason everyone calls pointy you're some little freak you know they're the reluctant mutant outcast superheroes and they all have such different types of powers like they're pretty like there's like a, a thou, thousand x men there's like thousands of them you know and they're all on the level of Avengers that don't mind your MCU give me an XCU. that's what's going to happen that's what's going to be huge the X-Men cinematic universe that's where it's all going to come to fruition and you'll have the Xavier High School show as well Um, now look sorry (laughs) sorry if this has been a bit of a different episode I started in a massive mood and then I cheered myself up by talking about something that I wanted to talk about Um, but if you want to hear other episodes where I'm not on a fowler Uh, and I actually play the theme song music Um, you should go over to Patreon go over to patreon.com slash Tony Cantwell and you can check out my Patreon you can get for the equivalent of a price of a pint a month an extra podcast every single Friday and priority tickets for every gig as I announce them and I'm going to be announcing a tour in the next couple of weeks but there are still tickets in fact there are less than 40% left for two nights in Vicker Street um, and they're both selling very equally which is very exciting there's a Friday and there's a Saturday the 25th and the 26th of March those tickets are primed to sell out because they've only been on sale for four days and um, 60 over 60% are, are already gone and I'm chuffed with it I'm delighted with it and I'm actually excited about this one I think it's going to be really fun and really weird and i got a really really weird thing I'm going to do in it <laughs> and I hope I can I've said that now so I stick with it i got a really weird musical number that I think is going to be funny. But I really have to figure it out. It'll be one of the more ambitiously weird things I've done. But anyway. I really hope that you come check that out. Get tickets. Um, but if you're in like Cork and Limerick and Galway. And you want to wait until then. Um, their tickets for that will be on sale soon. I probably shouldn't be saying that. i should probably be trying to get everyone to go to this Dublin gig. But look. I will be going to those places in the new year as well. Um, and thank you very much for listening. Uh, all the best. I hope you're feeling better. As good as I am. All the best. Bye bye. So it's Will she it show?